Greetings, true Shakespeareans. This is Morgan Taylor, your host, webmaster of Brainerd. It's that time again. Golly, is this this is episode number six? A very special episode because this episode I talked to Matt Wilson, and we do a we do the Lulu deep dive on the anniversary, the thirty-year anniversary of the release of the seminal Trip Shakespeare album, Lulu. Seminal and final full-length album. Okay, Matt and I recorded this in two separate parts, and I edited them together for you. And on one of them, I used this mic that I'm on now, and another one I ended up somehow just using the internal computer speaker. So I apologize for the sonic inconsistencies that will you'll hear but uh, we got the job done and I'm really proud of this and I think you'll love it I'm sure you will why else would you be listening you already love it okay let's just get right to it my interview with Matt Wilson Lulu the deep dive on Shakespeare Con Spotlight I remember last time it took us a while to get get started. It's kind of a, a technical issues have been a good icebreaker for us, I think. <laughs> okay. It's like we've been hanging out for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've been through something together, that's for sure. <laughs> okay. So when I sent you a message saying, hey, maybe you are aware that this is the 30th anniversary of Lulu, 2021, you were genuinely surprised. Yeah, yeah. The number seemed large, and I just wasn't <laughs> wasn't really aware. But I'm not. I'm not very calendar. Uh, I've never been good with calendars. It it like quite literally uh, when you mentioned that it took my breath away. It just uh, um, the time, the the changes, you know, and along with changes, the loss of of. The, Times past. I'm very happy with my life now, but also just, you know, I think of all the things I've passed through since uh, Lulu. But it was a, uh, it was a, a peak in some way, uh, for yeah. sure, in my, uh, in my creative life, for sure. Yeah. Before we get into the music itself from the album Lulu, this would be a good place to get a, an idea of your mindset going in. Across the Universe came out April of 90, and so and this came out a year and a half later, September 3rd, 1991. Do you remember like when you started recording this, what the vibe was in general, and what your headspace of what you were trying to get done with it was? I do. I was in a really um, heightened uh, state at that point with the first record uh, that we made um, across the universe I was uh, kind of a mess and uh, I was uh, all of my uh, wishes were coming true and I was making a real record and with, with the real producer and I, I think I was kind of too nervous and worried that it wouldn't be right that it wouldn't capture the things that I was after I think I brought negative energy to that record um, in some ways. I was dissatisfied with the record after we made it, at the first one. Um, ultimately, I've come to love it a lot, but at the time, I was disappointed. 
so then going into this one, I think that we um, had a greater sense of what we wanted to accomplish, more of a positive sense of where we wanted to go instead of me just worrying that, the, that it wasn't going to be right. right. Um, we uh, also um, had a really uh, super supportive producer that just seemed to have a lot of faith in us that if he could just you know get us just doing our thing our live thing that um that he was gonna like be able to make it really good which he did i was i was really excited um, about making the record going in because we we felt like we had a strong group of songs that were interesting we'd played them live a bit for the most part and um I, I think that there, there was excitement about the idea of making something kind of epic and uh, just having it be our our thing where we would we'd have parts in between songs and we would jam out if we wanted to, you know, and extend things. It's a long way of saying that I was very um, excited as a mm-hmm. uh, of creator, as a, you know, and I think we all were because we knew who we were by that point. And I, I think we felt like we were coming into our powers and I, we were feeling very ambitious about what we were going to make. And I, I know that I was, and um, we had this uh, producer who was just uh, seemed very uh, focused on empowering us, you know, and just enabling what we wanted to do. And so it was just, he just felt like he was just this, doorway between what we wanted to make happen and making it happen. That's so you're, you're talking about Justin Niebank. Now, yep. how, how did you end up with him? He, we had no idea about him or had no uh, sense of his history, except that uh, maybe he, at that point he had made the first Blues Traveler record for the same label. Okay. He was just someone who was recommended to us by the label they wanted us to meet him. And so then we investigated the records he'd made and discovered that he was um, really an expert uh, recorder and mixer. And the way he was talking, it sounded like the art and the music was going to be up to us and he could make it easy and fast and wherever possible as live, uh, live music all performing at once yeah. as we would want. And that was what he wanted to do the most. And all those things, it just seemed like, okay, he's got the skills. He's definitely got the chops. He's dedicated to just be, being a flow through right. to our ideas and he can really mix. And, and, uh, and it, it, so he was saying the right things. We heard the right tones and he just seemed like a great, person and super positive okay was he involved in choosing pachyderm studio i no i think it was uh i think at that point um the guys who owned and ran pachyderm they had been trying to get us into that studio to do work from the very beginning and it just never was the right time although we had we had kind of experimented over there and loved it and so i think that was our idea and once again uh justin he was like 
if that's what you want, well, let's do that. This place mm -hmm. is great. It's got everything we need. What that meant is that we all went and lived together for the course of creating the record in okay. the same big house in the wilderness. You walk, you know, 50 yards over to the studio building, which is also in the wilderness and do stuff in there. And so it was, and that, that just increased that magical. Yeah. Yeah sense natural so, feeling what do you remember what kind of schedule you kept was it uh was trip shakespeare a morning band i well i am a morning guy for sure and so uh you, you can't kind of can't get up too early for me but and so i i think uh it was yeah we, we'd worked through it in the daytime and yeah. uh and probably i i know that justin was a had a real great work ethic and you kind of couldn't go too long with him i don't think he just was so open and so we had our live sound person was um bringing in stuff that he had recorded on the road he they sent him out with a some kind of a dat tape or something some kind of high you know and he recorded crickets okay and you know like all, all these things that brought him in and you know and so it was just there was a really a really great sense of um just kind of open play it sounded like an amazing setting and it in some and justin made it kind of give it a give it a communal feel yeah which is like the family is in a on vacation in the woods it was it was a sweet sweet time and uh anything that was uh like negative or uh weird about the across the universe was just due to my inability to handle it it wasn't anyone else mm -hmm. i think it was a really normal record business kind of situation and i just i wanted everyone to <laughs> I, I just i wasn't in good shape to well, handle it yeah i mean it's i'm sure those feelings caught you by surprise yeah but i mean the listener wouldn't know no it, it turned out fine you got out of your own head for this one yeah i did well um why don't we get into it then sounds good i will play some of the track and we you pipe in if i have a specific question i'll pause the song if does that sound okay to you or right yeah rather just... yeah yeah well, should we, we just wing it like it's our, yeah. i could raise my hand if yeah. i want to say something or something yeah okay so why don't we start out with the opening it's got its own track on the um digital versions but on the album it just has a little snippet of lyrics and quotes none of the regular rules were true Whereas was this piece, did you have this concept ahead of time? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And for it to go into Lulu and really, um, I think, you know, in terms of like some kind of narrative or something, it makes no sense. But I knew I wanted to, to put something at the beginning of the record kind of take, make you take a breath and then land on the music. And Lulu, I think we knew that that was going to be kind of epic and that John sang it so well. It's full of uh, nostalgia. It's got nostalgia built into it. You're talking about the song itself. Yeah, it's got lonely when I hear the band. It's all about this this lost time. Um, th this used to be time when we were together. Yeah. 
you know, and uh, remembering. Right. And uh, I wanted to kind of have that beginning part or I was stumbled on that or I wanted to have that thing to kind of like send us into a memory. It's like this, yeah. we're, we're in now and it's like... It's so you're, it's almost like you're opening the cover of a book. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, That's let, what it let's, is. Let's uh, let's listen to a bit of Lulu here. Okay, sorry to pause already. What is? Do you, do you know what John says there? It's a, it might be like you didn't know I was a love, in love, and you went away or okay. something like that. But it's it's about you going away. That part right there um, is the Dan part, and it's like okay, it, like every <laughs> it's like there's always like the on all these collaborations with Dan and I. There, it's like there's the um, the campfire chords part, <laughs> which I then submit to Dan, and he inserts the like part that just takes it to the sky, and wow. so the, so that that beginning part is the the part that. I had cooked up. I, I had all the lyrics, but um, Dan made that pre-chorus thing yeah. that t- takes it over the top. And also, um, I had in my mind that lonely when I hear that, that, that part was all cooked up. But then also on that, within that section of the song, the chorus, lonely when I hear the band, there's that remember when I held your hand, you used yeah. to say, and it, and it goes into this beautiful kind of descending chords thing. Yeah. That stands oh, mark wow. also. These, these, these melody and chord things that take it from pedestrian into something really epic and beautiful. That, that's a really classic way that our collaboration would work together. Interesting. And yeah. it would often be like me, like coming with like, kind of the, the basis of a song, but really like the bass part of it, like that verse that we yeah. got to, got through. And a whole palette full of lyrics. And then uh, Dan would like create these these moments of melody where things would kind of ascend and develop. Um, so so you had the lyric the about the shoes across the leaves? Yep. Over different chords? I can't remember exactly. And is this something I, that you guys- I mean, he might, or he might've cooked up the melody- and then I wrote the lyrics okay. over that. That's possible too. I okay. can't remember exactly. And then when you, are you guys, um, are you working off of tapes? Or are you sitting face to face? Or how how do you guys do it? It would like really often it would be like like me just saying, "Here's what I've got," and then Dan going home, and then often coming back the very next day with this transformation. Wow. That you know, a flowering of it. It's like yeah. 
I would have the seed in the stem and then he would make the flower. And I'd be like, yep. Wow. What a wonderful surprise to probably hear that for the first time transformed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this, but this happened like really frequently yeah. <laughs> with Dan. You know, was, like, I came to expect it. And the funny thing is, is, this was the beginning of my songwriting life. And I took it for granted. I just, I just, I knew that every time I gave him something, he would come back with something that I could never do. Right. But I, I didn't, I didn't put it together like, because you often don't when you're in an amazing situation, you know, and you're young, you don't realize what it was, you know. It was only later that I gave full uh, weight to yeah, yeah. his contribution. These are exactly the types of Trip Shakespeare mysteries I hope to unfold. I just got to, I just want to comment that beat that Elaine is playing, you know, there's no like hi hat ride or any kind of thing. Yeah. She is like this rock. I mean, that's an incredible groove, especially like usually most grooves kind of everyone depends a little bit on some kind of riding thing. Yeah. But it's just, it's, she's like a drum machine, but with human feel or something. I mean, it's just, It's, it's kind of astounding when you think of that beat. But but to be a metronome playing a broken beat like that is really can't be easy. No, it's just because it's Elaine and she's just yeah. so disciplined and she put in so much work to get to become as accurate and amazing as she was. And then on top of that, she had all that feel and yeah. and uh, creativity. And then uh, shout out to Elaine, pretty, pretty cool. first time i'm really focusing on those those hand claps yeah wow maybe i've never listened on headphones before or something yeah but what i'm hearing is so much also is just the how much it's orchestrated like you know with the little guitar lick segues between it's it's just so um so languid and lovely you agree (laughs) yeah yeah no I, I, i i yeah Yep. When you held my hand, you used to say, I love them so much. Only when I hear the band, do you remember, do you recall the hope? Yeah. So when, when I was very young um when i was in high school i had a band we uh played at a lot of different local bars but one of them was um seventh street entry which is like a little adjunct of first avenue and there was a band there 
that was kind of breaking through and they were scrappy and, and very local and fun. And that was Husker Du. Oh, wow. And um, so w- when I was all the way back in, uh, in high school, my group would warm up for Husker Du all the time. They just kind of, they, they, it was like, we were like this little confection and um, not too great, but amusing. And then yeah. they would come on and just destroy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so we were really good. People liked us as a warm up band because we were like, not really competition, but we were still amusing, <laughs> you know? So then we could just get easily kind of like crushed by like this wall of sound. So who screwed? So that group ha- has this uh, enormous uh, nostalgia for me my whole life, even back then at that point uh, when I was in Trip Shakespeare, which was 10 years since I had, since uh, had been like a habitual who's could do warm up group. Okay. And um, who's could do is this game that um, I think it's translate somehow, or it, it's it's do you remember? It's a rem- it's a memory game. Oh wow! And it's do you remember? And the other day uh, I saw someone um, on Twitter talking about some group that had written a song about Husker Du, and they had a line something like, "Do you remember Husker Du?" Okay. That they're the band that's in my mind um, as I was writing this. Okay. And they, and that's where the the connection, you know, of like, do you remember? Do you recall? In my mind, it's the it's the band that uh, blows you away, you know. Right. Tonight I'm calling.
so that one segues straight into uh, Bachelorette. Yeah. Um, before all that, all that at the end, all that kind of like that muscular kind of guitar that's yeah. going on, that's Dan. All yeah, that doing... like feedback and um, serpent. Thing. <laughs> yeah. So all that's Dan. That's Dan, and I'm just kind of doing that kind of twingly stuff around it. It, so it when like when it at the song ends and it goes into the the feedbacky swells and stuff. Did you sort of do that every time you did a take? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they, and there were edits. There were edits like you know tape edits, twenty four track yeah. edits along the way. And it's possible that we cut into a a better ending or something like that. Right. But we we did do them, you know, full including the out piece wow i could see how yeah you would you might if you get a really great tale but the take wasn't as good as you wanted you could maybe mix and match you did a little bit yeah, of that or, yeah, yeah yeah and uh and um that was justin was uh great at sound great at capturing the spirit and yeah. great at making it easy he just had like um a, a, alacrity with all the tools and he could just edit. That's fantastic yeah well, it shows. And uh, I listened to this recently again, just to sort of brush up before we did this, and I was noticing, yeah, the all the the, the, the sonic interludes, they make it feel much more live and more like a live show, how one song would quite often just segue right into the next. And yeah, uh, there's one of them even uh, has, um, has a beginning from a live show. I th- it might be Your Mouth is just like literally some live show beginning of the song. Oh. Tech boom. Interesting. Studio. Oh, really? And uh, be. I do believe Joke and Drive also gets in, I think, I think goes into some live thing. That one's really cut up. Okay. Well, and we'll get to those. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, sure. so at the end of Lulu, it, 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 uh, during the feedback, it just jumps right into Bachelorette. John, John. Munson. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, what a the, beast, right? This uh, this That's this crazy. baseline is so active. Yeah, and he's just he's his talent is just you know like off the hook. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> or, well, you know, it's music coming out. And it, his his tonality is so on. You can, you don't know it's a fretless until he does a little swoopy swoop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. And yeah. um, there's there's so much great space in this. With the the drums and the bass, and then Dan's really high voice. Yeah, such a large amount of space to walk through. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, that's all I have so far. But uh, except for I know that Bachelorette, you guys actually recorded for uh, across the universe as well, but you didn't use that version. I think you and I actually talked about that. Yeah, um, maybe when so. you had a more rocking version, 
and uh, Westerberg and Soul Asylum guy were there, and they sang yeah, back up on they it. Sang on it, yeah. On a day I was gone for some right. reason, I, I don't know where I was. I missed that. The fun. But yeah, the the older version was more like like down, be like brank, grank, 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 grank. Correct. Um, it was, but more, it was, it was, it, and, but it, it, in a funny way, uh, it did. It is like all the like having those those wonderful personalities on there and the the you know what an honor that was and uh and exciting it just didn't uh the groove itself was not as good as this one um for some reason um it it, it just it sounded weird it, it, it just it didn't quite this, this yeah. one is more buoyant yeah for sure That you can hear um, Elaine's voice in there on the haze, also. Just okay. uh, you know, she um, she made uh, occasional um, appearances on the singing, um, yeah. like on uh, Toolmaster. All years before that, um, she you know jumped in and said like milking school or something. And um, but anytime she's part of it, it, it adds. It's funny because it just adds this other uh, like character to yeah, yeah. it it makes things sound um for some reason uh just kind of more sweet and, and wholesome just kind of i think just kind of having boys and girls in there yeah you know? yeah, like, yeah and so i don't know it's a I, I had a good feeling when i just heard her voice that's good mixed and, yeah i love when you can hear the minnesota accents in the car yeah. in bar <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know how how cool were the beatles song sang in their accents it's like it's the Minneapolis equivalent, right? Right, and it was always um, <laughs> when I was uh, when I was young and in the thrall of the Beatles, um, it was you know damn near impossible to to sing a song, to conceive of singing a song without singing with the English accent, right? You know, and um, it, and it was really important to me, like to, with Trip Shakespeare, to shed that and um, to try to just be as true as. I could, and we all could, to just singing our just like, like ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't obvious. Because then, even after the Beatles, there was this kind of other rock and roll, kind of like heavy metal type of singing, kind of rock yeah. accent to it, or something. That sounded like all it's like right. Yeah, yeah. You guys ready? You know, like whatever it is. You know, this like bullshit <laughs> thing. And so I was like, it was really important to me to like just try to like just let go of that figure out what it was you know like because we were baking in it and we just thought that's how music sounded yeah and to just like let to try to like just get, get clear to just exactly how we talked
Okay. Amazing bridge. So yeah. it just like takes a turn. Unexpected, amazing chords, and it's still everything still fits. Was that do you remember the writing of that? Was that a Matt Bridge? I think it's a Matt Bridge, but I'm wrong on so much of the past <laughs> that I, I would not but I my memory is that it's a Matt Bridge, but I've been corrected a lot on my memories. <laughs> I think that I think I might have brought this one in a whole class, but I, I'm not exactly. All across the nation, look at your sexy stars. They would never take the time to shine upon your rusted out car. All you lonely ladies looking for capulets. Look up, hey! Wow. So I can't think of any other trip song that fades out. And I'm recording. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure I do either. Yeah. It, it struck me. Um, you're the soloing it on the outro there. That was you. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't sure until I started hearing some of my, like, I heard at least two of my three licks. <laughs> <laughs> So you could hear your, is it a, your rat pedal? Yeah. 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 Probably two rat pedals is, is That's like, the trick. yeah, <laughs> two in a row. So you, you would saturate one rat pedal after the other. Is that what you did? Yeah. Like we always live, uh, Dan and I both had the same thing back then. It was pretty simple. We, we, we both have two rat pedals and one would just have like a, a slight boost and a little bit of grunge. And yeah. then the other one was like kind of solo and then, you know, when you're just like craving all the attention, then you do them both at the same time. <laughs> so, all right. Is there anything, any last Bachelorette thoughts? The Bachelorette was, was not, well, that was a single, but you guys made a video for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was that considered the first single or was it your mouth? I know your mouth was the single. I don't remember. Based I, on. I, I don't remember. You know, like the, the the singles really didn't have a huge impact on our world that much. No. They did, it didn't, they didn't change our lives right. very much. Well, and except for that you had to make a video for one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So 
Next up is your mouth. And I think when we talked last time, we, we pl- I played you an old version of your mouth that had, like the bars were a different uh, structure. This one is, a, is like a leaner, meaner version. And this is the one you think has a live intro. Well, I'll let but you listen. Play the, play the beginning of it. Yeah, I'm yeah. not really sure. Okay. It's not live. It's from the basement. So oh, that was a, okay. so we uh, we demoed uh, this whole record, and um, uh, Jay Perlman was our uh, d- you know recording us in mm-hmm. my basement. We practiced down there, and we demoed everything that we did. And uh, and when we were doing demos, then Jay would be around and uh, recording everything. Mm-hmm. And so that's like an eight track task cam. Okay. So that intro is from your basement. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's yeah. great. That's what that is. And, and, so, and like the funny thing is like you can hear how ridiculous it is. You know, like it's just kind of craziness going on. And yeah. it's like, it's like it helps that it's not this major label record where they're, you know, like we could just kind of screw around more. It, and so, it, all the life of us just kind of being ourselves without any like um, supervision, you know, you can hear that at the beginning. It's just, yeah, yeah. Know, it's just, it's kind of scribbly and, you know, just. Yeah. Then it, well, it's like, it's like scribbly and then it like comes into focus. Yeah. Right. Um, and so is that, uh, that, is that, uh, somebody rubbing something that sounds like bass strings maybe yeah i think it's john yeah it's john doing something i'm not sure what he's rubbing something up his neck he had he had a um a, a bow so it could have been a bow oh I that's how he got that rung sound on some stuff that's right 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 yeah he, he liked to bow things yeah <laughs> yeah because he you know he, he played bass you know like all right of he, course. Was, he was he was working up his his bass like chops at that point including bow the oh his his uh concert bass yeah 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 upright cool it's maybe a blatant metaphors with popsicles and yeah yeah <laughs> sure it's just all fun uh, yeah. you know and that um 
like the, the part of it is is the work a day you know the the whole hell of having a stupid job which by that point i'd had a lot of different stupid jobs and and wasting your life like selling ice cream whatever it is you know like in this thing it is that versus the evening when you can be yourself and kind of fly away for a yeah, while yeah. that's kind of the, what it all means to me Another amazing bridge. Is that? Do you remember? Is that just? Uh, I, I think I, I think I cooked that one up too. So if you'll indulge me, a nerd out here, uh, I have a very specific recollection of you guys playing this song live, November twenty first through twenty third, nineteen ninety one. Cubby Bear and my gang and I were there. Now, would it have been Jay Perlman still, or was Brad Kern in running sound by then? I don't know. I, I, don't, early, I think early Brad. Maybe, yeah, that sounds right, yeah. Uh, Fly like a starling to the world. That high, high yeah. world note. He would just like, little tiny little tip of extra reverb on that one note. Uh. <laughs> like, just remember like, oh my God, their sound man is just like paying so close attention. He's just adding so much to the picture. Yeah, um, oh, he's, yeah he's, he's uh, wonderful. I want to give credit you know, to just that the, guy. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Brad. I think it was Brad at that point. a rich little moment there that that little the little whatever that is the flat 11th in the chord of the vocals. yeah and Just that was dan and john yeah I, yeah so such a flavor it's like a little jalapeno on top of the hot dog. I wonder oh, if it was if it was a little bit chorus there, if it was just the, from you know them doubling it. But yeah, it's magical for sure.
and what was the vocal that the boom 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 i don't even know that must have been dan it was definitely that those deep voices are either dan or john i'm sure it's john but that sounded like it was tape sped down yeah 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 i don't know what that was i don't recall that but i i do believe that that any place in your head thing was a separate take like we just then then we did that separate i'm pretty sure yeah because i and i i think the 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 version you had been playing live didn't include the the switch to six eight, right? So that must have been like a studio arrangement decision. Yeah, I I, I it was kind of it was in my mind. I knew that I wanted to do that, but maybe just in the studio. I can't remember, but but I I think it's it sounds to me when I listen to it, it sounds like it was a separate recorded separately and tacked on right well it, it that that section it goes along with the playfulness of the song and i, and I picture it's like the three of you top hats waving them as you walk off <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of like with a wink yeah okay we're moving along that one bleeds right over into will you be found mm-hmm thoughts right off the bat or yeah um so the the lead guitar is dan and um almost any time when you hear something that is uh relaxed and large sounding <laughs> that's dan <laughs> if you hear something squeaking around and like flitting from note to note that's more me but so it was me on the 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 uh the, the rhythm part and Dan, and then um, John's bass is just is um, so amazing. You know, it's just it's just kind of incredible, right? Yeah. Nothing else sounds like it. No, it, it's and that's most certainly the the minty groove master. Yep, it is. The it's got, it's got a semi hollow body. Yeah, you can really hear the the gnarl of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. good, and Elaine's drum part. Now, and she she had mentioned that you uh, you would you would often come up with like these rhythm patterns maybe yeah here and there i did yeah but 
but having that little choked symbol in there, to me, this is a quintessential trip groove that's really quirky and weird that I feel like no other band would come up with that. You I know, agree. So I much agree. personality in it. It is. It's, it is quintessential because it's got Dan's lead, which is, I think, the best of what we do, and it's and it's so emotional um, and rock at the same time, kind of. But it's you know it's 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 sweet and uh, and this is the song uh, "Spirit Comes to Heaven" has yeah. um, from also has like a Dan lead like that that's saturated, right. but it's but it's still very emotional, you know. And that yeah. one, this this gets that and then john doing something that's totally unusual and very active but it doesn't sound it doesn't sound unnecessary and it does it becomes this center this essential center of the song yeah with the double stops yeah do you remember anything about the writing of this one i i i you know it'll just it'll all it'll do it'll illuminate um one of my uh my character flaws or something so that's probably good but <laughs> I'm pretty sure I wrote the whole thing. <laughs> I, I think I wrote the whole thing, including the bridge. Um, and was there ever any discussion about the use of lay versus lie? Being uh, a I, really literate batch of people. Uh, yeah, I don't know. No, I, I've never, I have always been confused about that. And so I think it's just because I just never, um, it wasn't anything intentional. It's just what I thought was... <laughs> Correct. Right. I, I've always, I've always, I see. I, I had so much trust in you. I'm like, well, he, there must be something he knows about that's okay to use that lay there as opposed to lie. Um, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Uh, because I think, I think he says, I think Dan says it two ways in the song. Maybe. Well, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, and, and yeah, and whatever it is, it, it was never a never an issue to me. Uh, never, it sounded, that's fun. so amazing so that, that that's like um that sounds like two different personalities but and it is but it's dan playing that incredible piano like i mean that, that piano is like dan was always like able to play the unusual things and intervals that, that um that sound consonant they they don't sound uh, at all um uh disturbing or interrupting but that's a really strange piano solo yeah it's probably He's not really playing a melody. It's just sort of he's tinkling around, like hitting chimes almost. Yeah, yeah, 
Yes. And it's got, um, it's got so many different things in it. It's got kind of this Floyd Kramer country, bring, bring, you know, like, um, yeah. Country melody thing. Uh-huh. But then it's got this kind of, who's the like, um, jazz piano player. That's just so like off the wall. Um, can we Keith Jarrett? Yeah. Yeah. It's got kind of that thing going on. There's just like improv thing. And, and I don't know, but then he gets that, that character, Dan on piano gets kind of wiped away by this guitar, which is also Dan. Right. <laughs> you know, but it's Dan like coming in and it's like this jet plane, like kind of like taking us <laughs> away from, from that thing. But that's Dan too. Got double Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's a double bridge, isn't it? The, the, yeah, the yeah. Then we go back hits. into the bridge again. Yeah. It's, they're good structures. And I, I, you don't get lost so much in just the A, B, A, B, C structure of it. It's like there's a lot of of, of give and play with, with the way you guys are choosing. Yeah. Quintessential, quintessential <laughs> is the word. Sure. It is. You know, like one thing uh, you can hear also a little detail, if, if you care, is um, you can hear like there's a really, really quiet triangle playing during the, in each, oh, you yeah. like that. And that's, um, that's Elaine, like, okay. live, you know, like with, so you can hear it to what she's playing. You can hear the sound of the wood on the triangle and that's, that's not an overdub. That's just her doing that, doing that oh. section. And then it stops when she goes into other stuff. Nice. That's a, that's a tidbit. That's good to yeah. know. All right. Well, okay. There's a lot of songs on this record, aren't there? Yeah. Long. <laughs> I mean, well, we could, yeah, we could like, you know, we don't have to take it all the way through this time. I think we should. Yeah. Make it it's looking like we're doing, or we should do side A, side B. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. So we got, okay. Down my block. Any thoughts before we kick into this one, or uh... yeah, um, yeah, I, I couldn't ever lay off of um, like kind of that doo-wop for good or bad, whatever. I, I, you know, like the kind of one down to the six, you know, minor six up to the four, up to the five, or whatever. You know, like or just these kind of like really um, kind of doo-woppy, and it might be because I just wasn't very sophisticated at the time in terms of my. Uh, uh chords and stuff like that but hold on there i don't think that's true <laughs> i mean listening to the all those songs with those amazing bridges and stuff your your chordal vocabulary was certainly sophisticated the choice to keep it meat and potatoes was conscious purposeful. i think it was yeah i think it was a taste thing it was just uh yeah. 
Me, I love that. I, I, I love, I'm always kind of ashamed of it because it's an e easy crutch kind of, but I, it, um, I'm very moved by the chords of the late fifties or that maybe yeah. just the fifties, you know, that kind of. Sure. You know, every, every version of that. Um, it's in, that's in your, do you think that thing, do you think that comes from your parents? Mm -hmm. Like their music? Yeah. My dad, um, he made a record when he was in high school. It was just like one of those, like, uh, record a record, you know, and come out with a record thing. And it was uh, a woman playing piano and then him and uh, four, uh, three other guys singing harmonies, you know, probably uh -huh. from, from sheet music, you know. But it was all uh, kind of doo-wop stuff. Right. So that ingrained that in your palate? Yeah, and I would, you know, we'd all listen to that and go like, oh, that's so cool, that's my dad, you know. That's a Dan part. The have that's, you been out wandering? Yeah. That, okay. That's the, or, you know, yeah. That's like me, like with this kind of simple. Okay. Uh, one, four, five song. And just Dan, like, take, make this go to some next level. And that was. Right. That's what he brought. This song is in a slightly different category. It's a very melody dominant song. Like uh, some a lot of songs, you cannot strip away every instrument besides the vocal and know understand what's going on. Right, you could you know? know you could intuit the chords from the melody, sort of. Yeah, and you know, not every song has that because it might be riff based or groove based. Yeah, and so now enough songs have gone by that I can say my theory here. A bachelorette, like the the ladies looking for something, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. will you be found? You've been searching all around and then down my block have you been out wandering it's like all these women looking for something oh yeah and you know what the the, the, the pathetic thing about me is that it's like i'm always projecting or or shining my feelings onto other people especially if there's like some flawed bad person in the sun <laughs> that i'm like you know recriminating or um really you know like it's it's me you know it's it's always me and even if it's a woman it's me you know you poor thing you're looking it's i'm talking to myself uh you right. know like it's it in every case i think really every song is about yearning for something right yeah if you look back like the lulu you're you're yearning for the past the bachelorette is yearning for a companion um 
and then down my block I, I, it's me that's me yeah i think yeah, yeah. i think it's also the chorus is also me <laughs> i don't know it's just i don't know it's, hey it's like a, know, it's like a dream every character is you in your dream right right exactly that's yeah <laughs> thank you Oh, it's making you laugh. <laughs> I'm just thinking about how, like, the group in general, like, it's like, um, there's, there's, like, a might be a kind of a band where, like, people come in, lay down their parts, and they're gone, you know? <laughs> it's like with Trip Shakespeare, we were always just like wanted to add more and, you know, g- get more stuff on it. I've got an idea. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and I just, like, there's just, t- there's just so much, um, energy, um, and, just sheer desire to like to get all our ideas out there you know like the, a lot of enthusiasm what, ingredients in the soup or you... yeah yeah a lot of I, ingredients it doesn't feel too crowded but it's just like the I, there's like a lot of just like small ideas that keep popping up but but that's what makes the song interesting throughout its duration too um and i think it's funny that your lyric is get my ever-loving hands on you so we can talk That's <laughs> <laughs> <Sounds> about. <laughs> Um, and Elaine's ability to to play that kind of marchy beat and have it swing still, so good. I know it's kind of crazy. I mean, I I think it has to do with John to you know make it, the between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, she's uh, really special. You know, like utterly solid, it's, instantly recordable. Like it's like what right. you know, like so many bands where you just like you know they have to make their big recording and they like they have to fire the drummer 
right you know what i mean and it's like with the lane it's like it's perfect the tone everything was just money right away yeah yeah this album has sonically it's aged really well i feel like the tone like there's no there's no tones that sound like oh that's 1990 right yeah it's 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 you know, there's a lot of reverbs on it and a lot of, you know, like everything is kind of really dolled up in a way that you kind of don't notice because this Justin yeah. had had a real real thing about it. And so it's it's classic. Every I think that's what we wanted was something that, you know, well, I, we knew by then that we didn't want anything to like to scream now. Yeah. Yeah. It maintains its organic nature. You know? Yeah, because it was organic. It was, it was, you know, it was amps, rat pedals. <laughs> yeah, you know, but but it was, you know, like a a big SVT bass amp. Nothing but, you know, that. Right. Every guitar would would have two amps. It was done up in a really sophisticated way. Like there was a there was a a room where the amps were. Okay. And and each of us would have like a Fender amp d- doing some kind of clean thing, and then some other amp that was probably um our blues breaker marshall blues breaker amp okay but anyway so, was, so you'd have to you would have the tonal choices later for mixing it would all be there at the same time pretty much i think you know but what like, it would did each amp have its own channel on the board they yeah yeah so you could blend the the clean with the distorted yeah on each guitar get, if you want yeah and you hear that a lot in there too like i think that's what i on the beginning of your mouth i could hear you could hear that you could hear both amps maybe mm-hmm. you could hear yeah. a clean and a distorted okay that sounds right all right well um closing out side a is jill can drive and this is another song that underwent a pretty drastic arrangement transformation Compared yeah. to the way you had been playing it live, I believe you said this one is kind of a Frankenstein. Yeah, it's it's got there's one. I, I might be getting it mixed up with a different one, but I I'm pretty sure that yeah, maybe if you play, I'll remember. Yeah, it switches to it. It, it takes quite a, a um, atmospheric shift toward the end here. Well, let's just go for it. Whoa, I never noticed that little clap before. Yeah, I don't even know what that was. Probably John. Or that was it Dan plucking a piano string or something? That was it. Yeah. That the, oh the da, da, da. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was some kind of like inside the piano. Yeah, something maybe. going on. But then yeah. I it sounds like somebody do like a just a single clap. I never heard it before. Right. And I I got to think that that's just John like doing that, but I'm not sure. In the old fluorescent lights Jill took nights and weekends at the store Coffee's 40, your gas is 5 She told you to take it easy when you hit the door And then home where she go cause all the bars closed mm-hmm. 
Like there's wow. the, there's, it, it, there's the begin the part the beginning, which has John on acoustic bass and Dan's playing piano, and then we must have I don't know how we got to like, it must have been a different moment like where right. we were, because it it sounds so um, organic and um, or, or the the groove sounds unified and improvisational when the when the acoustic bass comes in. So yeah. I think that that was all live you know playing together live mm-hmm. but then uh, all of a sudden dan's um playing electric guitar and um and you can hear his big beefy guitar come in and john's um electric bass so that must have been a different right well, moment then a drop, somehow but then if yeah and then elaine's kit is more is the full rock kit but it's almost like um i'm hearing it on these headphones now it's really cool because it's like you, when you guys would be on stage, like you would do your acoustic set, you guys, everybody would come out front. Mm-hmm. And so that the first half of the song feels like that version of Trip. Yeah. And then and then it just kind of like opens into the, you know, color world of the electric. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's totally seamless. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't remember how we did that. It's really, it's really, it's totally possible that the, I don't know. It could have been. I don't know. I don't know how how we did it. I, I maybe something tells me we might have strummed like that the acoustic guitar part. No, I, I just I just don't know. I'd be curious to hear. Or maybe you did it all. Maybe you did it all. Uh, did it all acoustic, and then you went back and then cut the acoustic instruments and replaced them. That could be well. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I think the drum is this drum set is actually all one drum set, just like different. Her playing it different, right? So that could easily be the solid thing that goes through. And then a little, uh, then we just left off with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at the unnecessary parts. Oh, those are the little spicy peppers. Uh-huh. No. 
flashing moments when she waits for signs. Jill took nights and weekends at the store. Jill's got nights and weekends, never more. And her home is where you go when all the bars close. Jill's got nights and weekends. Jill's got nights and weekends. Jill's got nights and weekends at the store. Never. Before before we go there, uh, that always reminded this. Oh, this song always sound to me sounded like it's from a musical, like um, like it's from like Little Shop of Horrors or something, like that. Yeah, I can hear that. Nights and weekends, you can almost see choreography. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I speak for myself, man. <laughs> uh-huh. But it's got that. Um, it's got that grandiose thing. I mean, compared to the. Compared to the the somber little the start verses. of it, so that song. Um, there, there's a woman um, that uh, John and I met in I think in 1980, maybe no, maybe 82, 82, and um, named Jill McLean, and she um, became our pal and. Uh, and we had just super fun, like going to music shows with her and a whole bunch of other friends that we had. We had a little clique of ours or just a loose gang that would always just kind of like figure out where to go. And we'd go to some bar or whatever and watch music. And Jill was just a, a core of that. And then um, later um, uh, she got a gig she, and she did have an amazing record collection, mm. uh, you know, like she just, uh, and all there was, you know, up to that point was LP records, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and, and so, um, and, and we'd go to her house and listen to records and, and she was just a, a, a great person and kind of a mom to us all in a funny way. And, uh, then she got a gig, she got a job, but it wasn't at a store. It was at, um, the college radio station uh from the u of m mm. and and it just ate up all our time and uh <laughs> a little social group kind of fragmented and oh. it was things weren't fun anymore and then uh when she finally quit it was like the impetus of the song you know is just uh that she's not you know the rec the radio station being the store that she doesn't have to uh be at anymore and right we could have fun again But yeah, we just all loved her and still do. She's still in town. Bum 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 b
feedback. Yeah. Yeah. So that, um, that's to me that if I'm trying to die, you know, CSI, that, that uh-huh. sounds, it sounds like it's like it was a real audience. Yeah. But then the, you guys doing the vocal, the bubbly vocal thing. Um, right. Studio. And then, but it, because it, it right. like sound, room sounded, but then it sucks to nothing. Right. And I, yeah, but it definitely starts out live. That's like, that's a real live show from just a board tape, I think. Yeah. And then, and then I think we just kind of like picked up the tempo and just kind of did that in the studio as well. And just somehow like mixed in toward that or lined it up. And that's a mystery. Yeah. Did anyone take a, Studio notes or anything? Um, I bet uh, Jay Perlman, who had been our live engineer and was around in the studio and, and helping in all kinds of different ways, um, and is still a live engineer and a great guy, um, he would know for sure. And I bet Dan and John would totally know. And I'm, I have the worst memory of anyone <laughs> in the group. Everything I say is really subject to like a- <laughs> could be a fiction disclaimer but then we um we there's a couple songs where we just did long it it just jam outs you know just jamming and um justin kneebank the producer was really patient with us and he went along with our all our schemes and embraced them and was like totally enthusiastic and and so that was like we we did a lot of of playing that thing and then he identified the one that he liked and you know used a chunk of it and i think john did i'm not sure if he picked up the uh the horn in the middle (laughs) (laughs) but john john's a can play some horns he had the trumpet on hand yeah (laughs) some kind of bugle so okay that's the end of side one so that's a good place to pause for today does that sound yeah, yeah yeah that works for me Lulu, side one, deep dive. Hey, this is as close as we'll get to a commercial break. Um, If you like what you're hearing, go to the web store and buy stuff. Or there's a little click button, a clicking, a clickety button called Cash Flashers. Make a donation. Support Trip Shakespeare website and archive by buying stuff or donating so that we can keep bringing you this incredible exclusive content all right that's all i'll say about that thank you so much for joining me i'll be back shortly with part two matt wilson lulu the deep dive happy anniversary lulu and uh, until next time what do i say take care of yourselves and each other bye